That was really a scream from me. Are you guys going to turn on the ca- Oh, hey. <laughs> Hi. Nathan kind of forgot to turn the, on the camera. I see that. But welcome to Monday Morning here with Self-Evident Podcast. You got your boy, Mass. You got your guy, Mike. Hello. How's it going? You going to switch the camera, bro? Bro, Nathan, Nathan's a rookie These at this. camera angles are, are fun. This I'm, is interesting. I'm realizing. So my sons <laughs> decided, Dad, we could do it. Bring us on. Hi. Hey, the cameras aren't easy, okay? Because they're... they're the it's trim. buttons. It's two buttons. Oh, I'm talking you are about struggling the angles. with it. I'm talking about the angles. What do you mean? What's wrong with the angles? It's a, diff- it's a different angle. That's for sure. I don't know who moved it, but... You. Um, no, I did, I did not. I did not. <laughs> you did. You, you were the one working on it. You last. Were, you I didn't work it on it. I did not move the it. stand. Someone moved the stand. You remember when you did the thing by yourself? You centered yourself more? I don't think it ever moved from that. When you did the fast? Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to think mm, if we did move it, though. Yeah, you did, because remember, the light was hitting you and the angle was different. Oh. And as you were messing with it, you didn't. I you didn't know. think it through. Oh, yeah. I didn't think it through. But you oh, got a lot of cool depth. You know? Yeah, the, I think the depth it's like is awesome. down. The, it looks like a it looks Star cool. Wars. It looks like you're in a corridor. It looks like yeah. you're getting sucked out of the ship. It looks like a hall corridor. It looks like you're going to get sucked out of the ship. Anyways, and, guys, and our audio listeners you. are going, "Why am I listening why, why? to this what right now? Flip what is going about? on here?" Yeah, and you know, we want to say thank you for listening, Audio Lee. Is that, is that a word? Audio, audio, it, we want to thank you I don't think so. for listening to us via audio. We want to thank all of you on SoundCloud. And if you're on SoundCloud, comment on the cast. We'd love to hear your feedback. We love that we're, I don't know how many countries now. It's pretty freaking awesome. We thank you guys. We thank you for, for, for being amazing and wonderful, 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 wonderful people. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> we're, we're, so listen, we are actually pre-recording this show. Yeah, sorry, we're not live. We're not live. I did say Monday morning. Fake kind you. of a lie, but not really, because we're actually doing kind this live. live Monday. So we're kind of lying now for Monday, but we're not lying, right, when it plays Monday. Because it will be live. It will be live. In we're just kind of lying right now. It's, it's recorded, but it is playing. And so you know, the, minute, the podcast is getting a fresher upper. Yep, a little bit. We're going to get a fresher upper, so we needed to kind of... Break up the monotony. So we're recording it today for Monday. So comment below where you're from. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Guys, the last that the last podcast we did rocked. I mean, yeah, we got so much amazing. good feedback. We we got really good feedback. What? <laughs> I'm just thinking this. I was making a joke because this is gonna play Monday. So the one that we're about oh, to do oh, live. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. So the podcast we did last Monday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. That podcast did so good. A lot of people were talking to us about it and kind of want us to do a follow-up, a, a part two of it. Yeah. It was really good. It was just our hearts, and we're grateful. Uh, again, we went to Missouri, and it was awesome. So we are now here with Chul doing you things, you know? And so we got we got things. We got stuff to talk we about. Got, we got things, y'all. The fact so. that that podcast did so well and we were late to doing it. What? Why? Dude, Stop. <laughs> Nobody I'm, said I'm to speak, talk. I'm speaking truth here, okay? <laughs> He's just letting them just, in on truth. So, 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 my, can you put the camera on you guys? These are my two sons. This is Hola. Isaiah. He's he's almost 15. The other one's Nathan. Yep. Say hi, Nathan. Hi. And uh, he's he's just about to turn 13. So they're growing up. Isaiah sits in my chair for me to adjust 
cameras because I wanted to help them adjust the cameras. I'm a model. <laughs> Humble, too. And uh, yep. so he says and proceeds, Dad, I should do this podcast with Mike. And I was like, what did I? Who did I raise? Like, what am I doing? What am He's I doing gone. wrong here? I feel in Mike, what am I doing wrong? You're, you're raising them up to be uh, go-getters. Independent, independent funkers. So, you know, they're trying to replace you. <laughs> well, it's working. <laughs> I'm outnumbered. Anyways, uh, we got sponsors. We, like, we sure thank do. Thank you for sponsoring us. If you have a business, sponsor us. We will put you on the show. You'll get business. We get business. When we everybody got business. That is, in a nutshell, the best marketing campaign. I just Isn't did. it? That, that right there is the best Isn't, marketing campaign. I, I couldn't have done any salesman better. Salesman of the year right there. Now I know where my son gets his humility from. <laughs> <laughs> the best ever. Yeah. It's, it's almost Trump level of humility. I'm really proud of how humble I've become. The most humble man on earth. Yeah. Oh, so humble. When you write a book of the Bible, just make sure <laughs> you put that in there. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> most... No. The handsome, no. The smart, mm -mm. the meekest man alive, <laughs> says Moses. <laughs> so any of you who are like, what are you guys talking about? In the Bible, in the first five, what is, is it, Exodus? Yeah, That he Exodus, writes yeah. that? I think so the prevailing thought is that Moses wrote the first five, five books, books of the he Bible. So he got revelation. In Exodus, it says Remember. Moses was the meekest man on earth. <laughs> who could have wrote that? And who wrote that? Moses. You know that wasn't, so, so, you know that wasn't his wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she so probably proofread it. She was like, so. seriously, Moses, you're going to put that in there? <laughs> Did she proof well, it? Did she proof it? She's just skimming over. Proofing committee? Yeah. Why are we bashing the Bible? We're not bashing We're not. the Bible. We're having fun. Man, dog. See, you're bringing up. Just put the microphone down and do your job. Put the Just microphone down. down. Put the okay. microphone down yeah. and do your job. <laughs> Good night. I'm still raising my boys as they're working for me. What are they calling you now? It's dangerous. It's all getting recorded. What are too. they calling you now? Boss. <laughs> Call me boss. <laughs> hey, bro, why do I make the title? <laughs> That's what he did this morning. He's like, hey, I need a title. I was like, where's your respect, dude? He goes, oh, boss. Where's, where's the title, uh, sir? Yeah, Mr. Mike, Mr. Boss, Mike, boss, you sir. You told me to say Mr. Mike, leader. Boss. You shall refer to him as Czar, boss. Czar, <laughs> those are his pronouns. I like it. You shall give me title. <laughs> All right. So first, we want to talk about a sponsor, which probably is going to withdraw their sponsorship after this episode. <laughs> so we got one out of them. <laughs> no, this is a company, great friends of the show, Energy Ops LLC. Great dude, too. Great dude. Look, if you are looking for electrical contracting servicing the greater Charleston, South Carolina area, right? You live in the South Carolina area, and Charleston, beyond. and beyond. You know, you make it worth his while. He is worth it. He's worth those extra book, bucks. And he supports us. Exactly. So support him. Heck, go buy some business from him and don't make him do the work. You could do that. You could. 
<laughs> so what does he cover? Golly, I feel bad for him. Residential, commercial, generator installation, LED lighting upgrades, EV charger installation. Guys, EV is coming whether you like it or not. The government will soon be making you buy EV toilets and all of that. Why are you speaking curses, need, man? I don't want to hear that. New, so you need an electrical company to be able to handle it. New construction or remodel and more. Look, this is a veteran-owned and operated business. They're small family business. They're Christian value business. They're, they have uncompromising ethics, honesty and pricing, and they do the job right or they make it right. Look, they're licensed and insured. Go to energyops.us. That's energyops.us. Check them out, man. They're good friends of the show. But we could also we could also him. vouch for him. You know, yeah, he's, absolutely. Every year we see them; they're just amazing people, and we love him this, and his family. And this is how far it goes. When we were doing the new studio, he was like, "Hey, I'll come down and do your electrical for you." It was like, "Bro, that's a long drive." But that's the type of heart this company has. Yeah. This, this guy has a true heart um, to serve and and uphold Christian values. So, check it out: energyops.us, energyops LLC. <laughs> I almost lost it. You almost lost. I your almost cup, lost man. it. All right, are we ready? Five like this, minutes on the clock. Like five minutes on the clock. Number one, face diapers. Will they come back? And will you <laughs> say yes to face diapers? That is right. The CDC said that uh, hospital admission levels are currently low for more than 96% of the United States, which is interesting because aren't you hearing about hospital rates are going up? It's because it's the fall, people. In the fall and the winter, hospital rate admission rates go up. It's called the flu. Every single year. 10, 15 years ago, you had newspaper articles about how our hospitals are overflowing because of the flu. Anyways, the agency recommended that transportation workers, travelers, passengers, and others get the COVID-19 vaccine before they travel. They also said anyone may choose to wear a mask in crowded or poorly ventilated indoor areas, including on public transportation and in-transportation hubs at any time. Ooh, they give you permission to wear the mask if you want. That's nice. You can wear it if you want. Um... The agency also doesn't currently have any mandate. In effect, CDC's advice for individual and community actions around COVID-19 are tied to hospital admissions levels. There's a signal. Now, Alex Jones is claiming that an anonymous inside source from the TSA, <laughs> because that's legit, told him that lockdowns and mandates would come back in the fall. Massey, how do you feel about anonymous sources? If they're anonymous and not willing to talk. Are they credible? Right. I ain't having it. So we're not believing it. And even if they do come back, we will peacefully disobey and willfully not comply. Just so you know, it's on record, okay? Hashtag, we will not comply. Number two, the British told. And can we say this? Yeah, I mean Go it. for it. We're not yeah. doing it. So they can do what they want. They can try to shut it down. We're not doing it. And guys, Mike was right. The election's coming up. They're doing this for a reason. They're scaring people. Right? This is what they do. No more. We're not doing this. And encourage your friends not to do it either. Thank you. Do not give in to the fear and the, the mongering and the force to submit stuff. Stupid. Do not give in to it. You need to prove to them right away it's not going yep. to work. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. No. Number two, British are told, well, you don't need heat. 
So the UK's Climate Change Committee, because that sounds like a legit committee, urged millions in Britain to not heat their homes at night. Stupid. There is significant potential to deliver emission savings just by changing the way we use our homes, said the report. It is possible to preheat ahead of peak times. This enables access to cheaper tariffs, which reflect the reduced costs associated with producing power off-peak and reducing requirements for network <laughs> reinforcement to manage peak loads. Here's my question. If everybody is having to heat up their homes in off-peak hours, doesn't that make it a peak Hours. <laughs> so smart. Hey, here's what here's what, here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Heat your home before. Yeah. Right? Heat heat rises, morons. Heat rises. So we heat it before we need it. Yes. But then the heat's gone when we need it. Yeah. So you know what this will turn into? I'm telling you, guys. Buy an this extra is... blanket. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why we're telling you: don't believe this bullcrap. Don't let your friends fall into. Just listen to this. Listen to the the genius of this. Just listen. I just. Isn't it fun? Isn't isn't it? You have to laugh at some point, kind of. So along with that, over 1,600 16. scientists have signed a declaration arguing against the climate change crisis. They stressed natural as well as anthropogenic factors causing warming. Warming is far slower than predicted. Climate policy relies on inadequate models. CO2 is not a pollutant. Thank you. I'm glad somebody finally said it. It is essential to all life on Earth. More CO2 is beneficial for nature. Greening the Earth. Guess because what plants what, breathe? Yeah. Guess what they take in and what they omit? Oh, they take in CO2 and they give out oxygen. <laughs> it's almost like it's important. <laughs> but the vast majority of these climate scientists have not been breathing in oxygen. They've only been breathing in CO2. So we're not surprised by the conclusions they come to. And other chemicals. Yes. They have gas masks. They, they've got a bunch of spray paint cans and paper bags somewhere. They're, they're huffing. <laughs> they're huffing something. So this this 1,600-plus uh, signed this declaration. It also said global, global warming has not increased natural disasters, and climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities. The declaration further states that climate science should be less political while climate policy should be more scientific. In particular, scientists should emphasize that their modeling output is not the result of magic. They are not profits. Computer models are human-made. What comes out is fully dependent on what theoreticians and programmers have put in. Hypotheses, assumptions, relationships, parameterization, stability constraints, etc. Unfortunately, mainstream climate science, most of this input is undeclared. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Hmm. No. Because th this is what happens. If you're a climate scientist, like Bill Nye. Yeah, that's right. I called him the out. The science guy. The, the, the mechanical engineering guy. If, if you're a climate scientist... And you want a grant to support your research and your work. A grant? What do you think gets money? Saying climate science is inaccurate and this climate change cri crisis is not real? Or 
Well, the mating habits of the Midwest brown squirrel are deeply affected by climate change. <laughs> Millions of dollars. Here you go. <laughs> mating brown squirrel. What did you say? <laughs> mating habits of the Midwest brown squirrel. That's a meme somewhere. That's a meme. That's a meme. All right. So I want you to do our second sponsor before we get into this. Okay. This is equipping. Yeah, I, I, I see oh, it. I'm cool. just wondering, like, I could read this, and we've read it several times. But I will say, um, I could show you the pictures, and, and we've seen the pictures of what happens in persecuted areas, uh, especially here in Nigeria, that we're going to talk about. And we've talked about the little girl, Manny. We've talked about all these things. Um, but what we're going to say is persecution is real. We just don't understand it in America because we've never been and faced, I, I'd say currently, I've, we've faced it in the past, currently persecution the way it's faced in other nations. Until you see it, until you see how bad it is, you'll never move your heart towards it. And one of the things that we're talking about in this podcast is reaping and sowing. And when you have a ministry like Equipping the Persecuted, which I've known Judd I mean, we've known each other for a long time as far as, like, knowing who we are. Off and on, got to talk to each other here and there. And, I mean, you won't meet another guy who... They're out there who have integrity, but people who actually believe in what they say. Those are rare dudes. Right. You'll get people who will preach from a pulpit, and they do well and all these other things, but they're kind of two-faced, you know? This guy is not. He is genuinely, genuinely, genuinely after helping the persecuted Christians. And even here in Nigeria and all these other things, they they reach scenes, they, they reach places where if like there's bad things happening, persecutions, within 48 hours, they have a response. These guys are no joke. They're after equipping the body. They're being pastoral on the ground, boots on the ground type of thing to help these persecuted areas, these persecuted churches. Mm -hmm. And so they need your help. I mean, what we're saying is we all have the means to sow something. And thank you for those who have sown into this ministry. But right now, we have needs across the pond, right? So that, that and if you want to sow into something fertile, something fruitful, because you don't want to put seed in swampland. You want to put seed in ground that you know will produce fruit. This is one of those grounds. They're using Amen. their money to do the right thing. They're doing biblically what Christ commanded us to do. And so for tw just for 25 bucks a month, you can sponsor this ministry and watch this thing grow. Watch this thing move. So we're calling on you. We're saying, Holy Spirit, I just pray you lead people to give to this ministry. We're praying, Father, that you would put it on their hearts to do it, Father. Even if it's a stretch, we just say, Lord, make the stretch something we need to do for us to increase our faith to do it. Self-evident signing up, we're going to sign up to help them. Uh, I know I want to do it personally. We're going to do it personally. Um, and these guys are worth it. These guys are absolutely worth mm -hmm. it. And thank you to Judd and his team and all these people who do this. Uh, they're doing a job that I'm not. I'm not doing. You know, I'm. My, I believe the mission field for us is America and its kids. But there are so many missions out there, and every one of them, by the grace of God, that is called of God, will prosper. And they could use your help doing it. So, so into it. You guys can go to equippingthepersecuted.com. Equippingthepersecuted.com. Can you put up that slide, Bubs? And I want you guys to go, not just. Um, to the website, but check out the pictures and go to their Facebook page and check out the pictures there too. Um, pictures of a lot of joy, but there's also a lot of, of pain and heartache 
because this is real life for these people. It really is. Um, and that's I, I want you to put yourself in their place and imagine you never know when a deadly attack is going to come. It, it could happen at any time, any day, right? And this is something to help support those Christians who are, they are truly on the front lines with their lives in this whole thing. Um, so please pray about giving. Give to equippingthepersecuted.com. All right. So we're going to talk about money in Scripture. But I think it's important to. I got uh, the genesis or the seed of this was actually discussed by me and Mike uh, and a friend who called me and said, hey, man, I've got, I've got something to tell you. And I love friends who, who, and we do, we both do, I think. Sometimes the truth isn't easy to hear, but the truth is so necessary to grow us. And if you're, if you're humble and you're meek, you can be teachable. I realized one day after I left that cult we were in, it took me a couple years to find my bearings, right? Mm -hmm. But I realized something through that. Like, I am never above correction. And if I can keep myself as a piece of clay, knowing that I'm being molded and fashioned into Christ, that like he says in Romans 8 when he talks about, you know, all things work together for good, because we've been predestined to be conformed to his image. We're being conformed daily to his image. If you receive him, if you believe, if you want to obey. And there are days we fail. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm crying out to God about that stuff all the time. Lord, I messed up on that, or I didn't do this. But he's conforming us, and the fact that we're in repentance mode shows us we're being like him. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine called, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and um, just said, hey, man, I really think this is something you need to talk about, and you don't talk about it. Are you afraid? I was like, yeah, I'm afraid. I hate talking about money. Uh, most of you know me. Uh, I don't ask for the money personally. I don't call you guys. My wife usually does, or... Mike has before. We've got another guy named Chris who, who's wanting to help us fundraise and things. But I think today's podcast is special because it's like I'm going to step out and doing something that genuinely I feel comfortable doing. I'm afraid of doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway, okay? In that, I lost the fact that there is joy. There is joy in giving. There's joy. And teaching others to have joy in giving is unbelievable. And I'll tell you this. How come we can have joy in giving of our time, giving of our words, giving of food? We can give things like that. We have joy in um, giving. Uh, we have joy going to church. We have joy knowing that, hey, we're going to go start a successful franchise. We're going to go do this, and we'll put all of our time and effort into it. Even if it fails, some of, some of you guys listening, you failed many times, but you'll go out and do it again because you want that success, right? But when it comes to giving to the kingdom, people get frustrated about it because they're hurt, right? Or they've heard messages. They think, oh, those Christians are selfish. They just want to spend it on themselves. The church shouldn't be asking for money, all these other things. And it's like, but you'll invest in things of the world. You'll invest in your body when you go work out. You'll invest and you'll have joy doing it because you know the end result. Well, giving to the kingdom is the same result, if not a greater result. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We take these scriptures and we twist them, saying, well, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why do I need to give him money? If he owns everything, if he doesn't need, it's because the blessing is being used through us. Listen, let me say it this way. Why have the fivefold ministry if God could do it all himself? Why endue us with power and gifting to go promulgate the gospel, to go reach, seek and save that which is lost, to do ministries like equipping the persecuted, to go to foreign nations, to be persecuted and die for the faith, if God could do it all himself, because he could, 
He could just go poof. You know, here's here I am. You know, and he did two thousand years ago with Jesus, and people still didn't believe him. So God did actually do it, and people still did not believe him. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Charles Spurgeon once said, "But cursed are those who saw and didn't believe." Right. So if if God could do everything himself, well, then he wouldn't need to use us. But he chooses to use us. Why? Because we are soldiers. We're, 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 we're fellow laborers. We're co-heirs with God. If Christ did it on earth, right? That's the whole premise of this thing. A servant is not greater than his master. So if Christ did it, that was the example for us to follow in to do the same thing. We have examples like Father Abraham. We have examples like David, Joshua, Moses, Samuel, Esther, Ruth, right? All these biblical characters. Uh, we, we have guys like, uh, what's his name? Micaiah, the prophet who was hated, Jehoshaphat. All these people in scripture that give us examples of how we are to be on earth. And God could totally by himself destroy evil, destroy all these things. But he's saying, no, I'm going to use you. I'm going to give it to you so you can experience the blessing and partake with me better. You're not a robot. I'm going to use you. Well, it's the same principle when it comes to money. Why give us money to be selfish with it? And listen, this may step on your toes. Totally cool. But many of us, there's two reasons. And I want you to really dig. No, you're, I'm, you're I'm spin, rolling. I'm you're spinning some points here. But there are two reasons I believe that we get caught up with this money thing. One, we've been hurt by the church. We saw people didn't use the money rightly. Uh, we saw people maybe misuse, mischaracterize, or uh, you saw the motive wasn't right. So you're like, I am not giving to church. That's just a money grub. And because you've heard other friends talk, all their, their money hungry. That's And that was something that just hit me is like, how often do we listen to the bad report on money, right? So do you remember that, that episode we did? This was probably about two years ago now. We, we talked about that pastor who bought his wife a Lamborghini. That's right, John Gray. Yes. And if you don't remember this story pastor buys his wife a Lamborghini for her birthday because she had always wanted a Lamborghini. So, of course, everybody comes out of the woodwork. That's horrible. That's awful. That's not using finances that God's given them right. That, that's evil, blah, blah, blah. What people don't realize is he purchased it out of the money made from book sales. Yeah, not the church. Not the church salary, not church tithing, none of that. He had done well with book sales. He's a prolific writer. Right? So he was doing well in that. His wife had always wanted it. He wanted to bless her. Sure, I'll buy it for her. Who are we to judge that? Right? But we hear this bad report. We hear the bad report about other pastors who have done well. And oh, well, we know a pastor who had, what was it? Like a Dodge Durango, got rid of it, bought a convertible of the. Wasn't that, it a convertible? Yeah, it was a convertible. The Mustang? It, it, yeah, the Mustang. It was, you're right. It was a Mustang convertible. People pointed the finger at this pastor and said, well, you Look know, at him using the money. What, what's, we're paying him too much. And what is he doing with are. this money? The Mustang was worth less than the Dodge Durango was. By the way, this pastor has not had a car payment since the year 2000. He's bought everything cash. So he got rid of his Durango because his kids got older, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go buy something for me. So he goes and buys this really cool car. Well, that's thought it was nice, but he actually said, it's actually cost less than my Durango. Right. It's like the judgment's made, and then what happens? 
that person makes a judgment about this pastor's house or this pastor's car or that pastor's thing or whatever, and then they spout it off to somebody else. So now all of a sudden in your heart, you, you, a seed of resistance to the idea of finances being given to the kingdom gets planted because you've determined, well, they're not using it right. So I'm not going to give into that. That is an excuse and a compromise. It's not about what they do with it. It's about your heart in giving it. They'll be responsible to God with their money. You're responsible to God with your money, but you're responsible to God with your money with what he tells you to do with it, and you should give it in joy, not deciding, oh, well, they may spend it on something I don't like, so I'm not going to give. No, they don't need that. I'm, I'm off my. I'm lo- I'm loving it's what just, you're saying. I think this is annoying. No, this 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 money, um, this money factor, this money thing, isn't even about money. It really has nothing to do with money itself. Right. What it has to do with is obedience. I have a talent to speak and preach. It's just a. Ta- I I know how to talk to people. I have a talent for music. I'm willfully able to give that up, but not money. You know what I mean? So like. I'm willing to give up my, my give my talent, my time for the church, and, and all these other things. I'm willing to give all my advice, everything I've ever incurred. But when it comes to money, it's like oof. And it shows really where in some of our hearts, not all of us, in some of our hearts, where idolatry is, where our money rules our heart more than we actually know it does. And the reason why I can feel it and sense it and know it because it ruled mine too. And there was a point where we were we were giving, but I wasn't going above tithing. Right, I had a set set amount where we tithe and we would do that, but then I realized there's such a thing as tithing and offering, and so like offering is what you give above. You know, tithing is the first fruit. Offering is literally an offering. I'm offering this to you, God. And you know, some people get nuts with it. You know, there's people that do the I live off twenty percent, I give eighty, and and that's that's amazing if that's what God if that's what God is calling right. you to do, do it. But don't boast about it either. Just do it in silence. You know what I mean? Like. The Bible says don't pray in public, you know, so that others may see that you're going out there and saying eloquent things. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Right, and, right. Yeah. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And, and so money is one of those topics that I think we don't, we don't take serious, and some do, and some give because they want something back. Some give because they want something back. Listen, a farmer, when they sow into a field, if they have a bumper crop or if a, 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 a storm takes out their crop, they don't say, I'm not giving to my field anymore. I'm not going to sow into it. Whew. You know what I mean? They're like, no, Whew. I got to make this thing work. I got to eat, so yeah. I got to go sow again, right? Because they know that they're going to yield a fruit eventually. They're going to yield crop. They're going to yield it, right? But they do it expecting the crop to yield what it's supposed to yield. They're not doing it for selfish gain. They know, hey, I got to live. I got to survive. I know my needs are going to be taken care of. If I have extra, I can go sell it. I can make money on top of it. But the heart isn't, the idol is not the field. And I fear many that's many good. Christians so in because that's the idol. They're not doing it because they want to please God. They're doing it to feed their pockets. But a farmer never looks at his field and says, that's the idol. They're looking at God saying, Lord, I'm sowing into this field. Would you bless this? Because you created the field, much like God created the way for us to give and to be blessed. You know what I mean? And money is is a tool, and you've got to shift your mindset on this because we've we've nice created segue. this this big idol out of it. No matter, and the hard part is a lot of times people don't even realize it's an idol in their life. 
because instead of they what we'll do is we'll picture the person who's going after a bunch of finances as oh well they love money and that's their idol well the person who holds on to their dollar like this because they're afraid they won't be able to make their bills if they don't let go of it it's just as much of an idol because you've determined that dollar will save you from the bills and, and the need for food and all of that. Yeah. That's an idol because you're putting your faith in that dollar more than you are in the Lord. Right. And that's, that's a sobering check because we don't tend to think about it that way, but it really is true. When it comes down to the brass tacks of life, are you saying, oh, I need, I, I got to hold on to this dollar because, you know, my bills? Or are you saying, Lord, I've got bills? I know you'll provide. Well, it's like, too, you talk about tools, right? <clears throat> I, I know people. I, used to, I went to school to be an auto mechanic, so I've known people who spent tons of money on tools. And I know guys that buy tools because they, they're the coolest tools or the best tools or all these things, but they rarely ever use them because they're like, yeah, I just don't really feel like working on the car. Imagine having the biggest rack of Mac tools or Snap-ons or Craftsman, you know, all these labels. The Napa, the Napa's got some really nice stuff now that's coming out or that's come out. Even Craftsman, you know, it's like that's the Sears brand, but it's yeah. like, hey, but imagine having all the tools you need at your disposal. You're able to use them, but you're like, I just don't want to get them dirty, so I don't, I won't use them. You know what I mean, dude? This, the, so your car needs repair. Your tools are there to fix the car, and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to get them dirty. I don't. You know what I mean? It, it's your tool can, is useless. You're you're teeing this up. Can I hit it? Yeah, Otherwise, no, 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 by no. all means. Uh, I just threw the, I threw the analogy. You go no, for it's, it. This this is totally teed up for for what was on my heart with this whole thing. There are people in the world who look at money as a tool, and they pull their hair out with the idea of having money sitting in the bank. They look at money as a tool of investment. They look at money as, when I have this money, I will be able to put this towards something that is, that is an asset that will grow in value, that then I can take that to purchase another asset and grow wealth that way. They look at it as a tool, and they think holding it in the bank and just kind of stacking them up in the bank is absolutely ludicrous. And we do it. It's just like the, the, those guys in the world see it. We in the kingdom need to see it even more. Are you allowing your tools, your, your beautiful Mac tool, the big chest with all the tools in it, are you allowing it to just sit there? Because, well, I've got it just in case I need it. Or are you using it? And our fear of more money might not come in or I don't know if I'll have enough is telling the Lord, I know you gave me these, these beautiful Mac tools, but I, I can't go near that car because it might break or it might yeah, get dirty. Yeah, yeah what know? would happen? I mean, and it's really true. If, if you think that it's dependent on how much you can make is how you give, then you've truly lost sense of what first fruit really means. You don't understand who gave you the fruit in the first place. When offering becomes a duty, you've lost the heart of love for God to give that offering. Because the offering should come from an overflow. It's like, I just want to give this to God. Right. And you know what? I don't care what it's used for. Because that's that's between them and God. I'm just going to give it. I'm going to give it. And especially if you're at a church that feeds you, a church that cares for you, a church that you know is doing the stuff. They're not perfect. I, Dude, we're at ministry. We're not perfect. Darn close. 
But we're not perfect at all. I mean, there's things we're working on. There's things we're like, oh, did we miss that opportunity? Did we not do this? We should have done that. But I promise you, we're after the Lord in this. Like, Lord, help me see the need and necessity. Give me the prayers to pray. Give me the the unction, Lord, to go do these things. Give me. So we're after what God wants in this ministry. Notice we don't have our name on it. Like none of our names are on this. Right. You never see, uh, you know, compost ministries or not. It's not about, it was never about that. And we're not slamming people who do that. We felt a conviction not to do that. We felt a conviction not to ask for money. We felt a conviction to do all those things. But now I'm realizing, geez, I was holding back blessing because I was not giving people the opportunity nor teaching them how to do this, right. how to give from a pure heart, how to say, even our ministry guys, we, we always need support. When we started tithing from the ministry, dude, it started to increase us like yeah. majorly. And to see the blessing come in and flow, even when I'm not feeling it. Like we went to Missouri. It was like, oh, we went there. We were tired. It's like, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. And then I can hear the Lord tell me, are you tired right now, son? Oh, <laughs> you tired? <laughs> me and the Lord joke like that. And I'm thinking his son died on a cross. Here I am. I get to drive <laughs> in my air-conditioned vehicle. To a church or wherever we were in Missouri, <laughs> I get to eat in a restaurant and and sleep in a nice hotel and, and me have have continental tired, breakfast. Lord. Lord, help me! I'm tired. I can't handle ministry right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Christ is in the garden, <laughs> sweating blood. Please take this cup from me. Stinking first. But world your problems. will, not my will. Be, and we're like, I don't want to fly. <laughs> Stinking first world problems, dude. <laughs> but you know what's funny? That's how we think about money. Yes, it is. That's so good, man. <laughs> I just can't, Lord. I don't know what to do. And this is one area we can all step out in faith. You're like, I don't know if I'm called to ministry. I don't. Then start believing him by giving your support, giving your money to your church, to ministries you love, to, to, to people that you need to bless, all those things. You start watching God multiply that because he wants to be able to trust that you can sow right. I think there's a twofold thing. Yes, it blesses us, but it also shows us God can trust us with more, and we're able to do more because he can trust that we're going to give the right way. We're good at investing. We're good at giving. We're good at sowing. We're good at this. And we know by, by just doing it, right, God can give us and trust us with more. And I think it's more about the second part. It's not about just blessing you. That's easy. That's easy stuff. It's the do you see how God now can entrust you with giving more? So he'll give you more to give more. And it's just how it works. He wants people who know how to do that, yes. right? Yes. So like when the disciples say, all we have is five loaves, two fish, five loaves of bread and two fish, and they collect 12 baskets, that's called multiplication. And I think too, people say, well, that's a great Bible story, but it's never happened in my life. It's like, yeah, but you realize they kept operating in faith. When that happened, they had already stepped out in faith many, many, many times. Right. You just step out in faith once, don't see it happen. You're like, ah, oh, I'm done. See, it didn't work. That's not how faith works. And you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You're just not seeing it in the physical right now. Right. And and to help support your point of this does happen, um, I was transcribing a sermon that Pastor Todd did uh, for our, our school of ministry. And he tells a story about a friend of his who works for a nonprofit. And they were, I think it was in Africa, and they were there to feed some people, feed a village. And they had a like six gallon pot of soup. 
what happened was the word got out to all the surrounding villages that, hey, they were handing out food. So there were a thousand people that came to get fed. One six-gallon pot of soup fed over a thousand people. True story. And this missionary says, we just kept dipping in and pouring out, and God kept replacing. Huh. That's the Lord. And, and like Massey said, when you step out in faith, it may not always go according to plan, right? If, if you lay your hands on somebody and you, you pray for healing, it may not go the way you want it. But are you growing in faith? Are you increasing? Do you believe with everything that you are? That's a process, a journey with the Lord, right? Your finances are no different. And if you notice, hey, if we are what your heart is to give to, God bless you. We're going to do our best with it. But you notice we're not like we're not here going, you need to really change your heart about giving. And so go to the self-evident truth. I don't care where your money goes. What I care about is that you're obedient to where the Lord wants you to put it and that you give it with joy, that you recognize and realize that you are taking a tool that God has given you, not man, not the world. You didn't earn it on your own. God gave it to you. Mm -hmm. You're taking that tool and you're going, okay, Lord, how do you want me to use this? How can I, how do I get to use this? And then placing it where it needs to go because the, the parable of the talents, we always look at it and we go, well, that's about spiritual gifts and that's about, you know, uh, responsibility in the kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is. It's Boy, all those things. It could be about money too. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, sometimes I think we're swinging so high that we forget, hey, there is a practical. Is a, <laughs> right. Like, but look at, <laughs> but, but look, look what you're saying. That is exactly right. It is about spiritual authority and and responsibility and trusting us with little who make us faithful and much right all that stuff so then apply that to giving there is responsibility there is responsibility given to you there is spiritual authority and trust there is this uh relationship with you and god that you can be trusted now right and it is about finances yeah it is Totally. And you know why he related to finances? Because it's easy to understand. Exactly. And the Bible is chock full of messages and lessons about finances. And, and we tend to only pull in the ones that say, don't have any finances. Right? And, and the, the parable of the talents, you notice the one who got the one, let's say one dollar, right? Let's put it in our terms. The one who got the one dollar, he hides it. He buries it. Ooh. Are you burying your finances? Ooh. Because you believe your master is a hard master who reaps where he does not sow. Dude, seriously, what good is having seed kept in a drawer? Right. If you have a bunch of tomato seeds that you need to turn into plants because you want to can this year and you put them in a drawer, what? You got seed? That's amazing. Imagine the harvest you could reap with that seed, right? But it's in the drawer. That's what a lot of us do with our money. Well, I don't want to give it. I'm offended. I don't know if I plant that. What's going to happen to the crop if it doesn't grow? Well, you go figure out what went wrong and you see right. it again. And and that's that mindset right there is a lack of faith in your father. <laughs> totally. It's a lack of faith totally. in God. Like, well, I've got it now, but what if God doesn't give it later? Okay. 
walk in, walk in a lack of faith then. Like at some point you've got to kind of make that choice of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but you've given me this principle. I'm going to follow it through. Truth. Truth. And uh, I've got to kind of take a baseball bat to one last parable. And I know we got to get going pretty quick here. The rich young ruler. Stop using that about the fact that God doesn't want you to have wealth. God doesn't want you to have money. God doesn't want you to, to, to prosper. Stop using that because you're completely missing the point of the parable. Christ looks at the rich young ruler and says, well, honor your father and mother. Don't commit adultery. Don't Threw lie. the commandments at him, yeah. Yeah. What does the guy say? Yeah, I've done all those. I, yeah. Perfect. Kept him from I'm my good. Youth. Notice Christ doesn't even argue with him about that. Christ doesn't say, yeah, right, I know what you did with that woman the other day. None of that. You know, you, it's a good call. You know what he points out? He says, give away all your possessions to the poor and then follow me. He was hitting the point of the heart in the rich young ruler that the rich young ruler had an idol in. That's what he was pointing at. He was pointing at the idol in the guy's life. The guy could have easily been rich, done well, prosperous, and said, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give it away. I want to follow you. So does that mean that it was wrong for him to have the wealth before? No, because then it would have gone to help the poor. You want to help the poor, right? You want to help those in need? You need resources to do that. And so it, we've got to get our minds out of this mindset of like, well, you know, having wealth is evil and awful. Your love of that wealth is where your heart will go wrong because it creates an idol out of it. I don't care how you cut it. Ministries, people in ministry, kingdom work... It moves on money. Money is but, the fuel. Okay, yeah. Right? So, so get practical with it, right? Do you love your favorite places, like your favorite restaurant, your favorite little coffee place? Can we all agree? Type it down below wherever you like to go because we love to shout them out. If you like your little coffee place, you like your little shop place, your little donut place, your little you know, restaurant, Does do you not want it to prosper so that it stays open so you can enjoy what you're getting from that place? Mm, yeah. So you keep going and you invite friends to keep giving to this place so that you can receive what you love from it, right? That's called sowing. Okay, I want this place to stay open. It'd be great to get more business in here because I, I want everybody to benefit. When you eat something so good, you're like, man, you got to come to this place. Right. Cause Amigo is here in PSL. Fajitas, bomb. I tell everybody about it. Best fajitas to me I've, I've ever had. So I'm t I send people there all the time. You know why? Because I love that place. I will continue to support that place. I love that place. I will continue to go there and spend money there. Why? Because I want it to stay open. Because, I, hey, I, I enjoy it, right? What about your favorite ministry? Your church. You get fed every week. You invite people there. If you do that. If you do. If you do. But you serve the Jesus of heaven. But do you sow into his kingdom? to desire to see it flourish and go and move. It's that simple. I want this coffee place to stay open because I love its coffee. Duncan never close, right? But we won't sow into the kingdom to continue that movement to go forward because we enjoy, like, what yeah. we get what we enjoy. It's so, it's so kind of crazy. And even you talking about idolatry. Matthew 6, dude, no man can serve two masters. This isn't about money. 
but it's not about money. This is what we're trying to tell you. It's not about idolizing money. It's not even about none of that. It's not about that. What we're Because you're saying, well, you're talking about money, then that means you want money. This is what it's all about. Do you realize if you didn't idolize your money, you'd be able to freely give it regardless of consequence? Because it's not yours to begin with anyway, right? I give to people not for expecting anything in return. Guys, I've given more than I've received. I have to people, whether it's time, love, resources, words of counsel, words of encouragement. I have sown into more people than I've ever received because I get my reception from God, not from man. I don't want it from, I don't need it from them anymore. I don't. Because if they give it to me on this earth, I don't have it in heaven. I got my sustenance from God. Everything that he gives me is from, it's pure and it's perfect. I don't need anything else. It's not about the temporal. It's about the eternal. What if you're supposed to give, not receive anything from anybody else, but in heaven you have your reward? Are isn't, you, that what, uh, isn't that where we're storing yeah. our treasure? Are, are, are you willing to make that investment? I think most of us have a hard time with that. Because we never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. No, God's faithful. He's not going to not bless you right? because he reigns on the just and on the unjust. There are many atheists who have businesses that are prospering because God reigns on the just and the unjust. So it's not about that. It's about what treasures am I storing in heaven where moth and rust don't canker. They don't rust it up, right? So what we're saying through this podcast, and, and we have tons of scripture. Mike did such a great job. For the love of money is root of all evil. He just talked about it, right? Uh, we talk about idolatry. Proverbs 23 says, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Don't labor just to be rich. What's the point of the rich? I've heard many people talk like this. The happiest dudes that are rich have families. They have uh, friends. They have things that they do on the side that are not business oriented. They have money, tons of it. But those that aren't happy have none of that. They're lonely. It's worthless. It's pointless. They've gone girl to girl to girl or boy to boy to boy. That's all they do. And then all of a sudden, by the end of it, they're just lonely. They're alone. They're tired. They sold into the wrong fields, right? And that happens. I've done it. I've been in your position if you have. Here's what we're telling you. It's not about sowing into self-evident that makes it worth it. It's the fact that you're being obedient to sow into self-evident or to equipping the persecuted or to your church or to whatever ministry. We feel this ground is so fertile we're willing to do the stuff. Sorry, something in my mouth. I was like, bam, 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 bam. But there's, we've done a lot with a little. We can show anybody our financials. We went to how many states last year with under a $200,000 budget with yeah. all of our salaries? Like, we literally turned over the dollar so many times. When we thought we were done doing it, it was like, what? You know? And God still miraculously got us there. He provided. He gave us the way. It was awesome. God is amazing, true, and, and honest. But what we're telling you is this is a spiritual principle that must be applied, and it's the one area people don't want to do it. And I think we need to break that curse. We need to break that. I guarantee you, you would see the if, if it's one area that people should be able to step out in faith in, maybe not ministry, maybe not speaking, maybe not all these things, but stepping out of ministry is so important. And if, if you step out in faith in doing it, your joy will grow in doing it. And if you don't have joy in doing it, you don't have faith in doing it. Did you make that connection? We want to give with joy. That sounds like a great premise, right? All of us are like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I would love to give with joy abundantly. However, I mm, 
Do you notice what you just did? Lack of faith. I would love to give. I, I, I would have joy in giving. However, I don't have lack of faith. Right. As your faith increases, your joy in the giving process increases because you know your Lord has you. Perfect. You know he's going to take care of you one way or another. Mm -hmm. It may not always look like the way you think he's going to, but he will. And I... To round it out, I, our challenge to you is to really get deep with the Lord about where are you with your finances, your faith in finances, your faith in the Lord, with the idol of finances. Whether you have a little or a lot, it can still be an idol to you. Some of the, the, <laughs> the most greedy people are poor people, Right? I'm not saying all poor people are greedy. What I'm saying is there is a greed no matter how much you have. We tend to only think of it's, it's the really rich that are all greedy. No, there are poor people who are really greedy too. True. Because it's an idol. It's all people think about. Instead, you've got to shift your heart, destroy the idol, know the Lord is number one, and that finances are a tool to help further the kingdom. That, like Massey said, you're storing up for heaven when you're sowing into the kingdom. So, on that note, I want you to pray and figure out, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with my finances? It's time to see this differently. But, we will see you guys on Friday. We will be back be a brand new episode. Yeah. It'll be game on. And go to theselfevidenttruths.com. If you guys feel moved to give to our ministry, we would love to have uh, your support. We, we Monthly sponsors or a one-time donation or a business donation or want to sponsor the podcast. Anyway, like, that's why we're doing this is we want you to help us, and it'll bless you. It really will. That's And that's something of our heart is, like, I, he and I will have a lot of conversations, and one of the biggest things I'll say is, like, I want to give them back value, right? And it's it's not about, like oh, well, I can get some value out of this, so now I'll give. But we value what you provide to us, and we want to provide value back, right? And we've actually we've got a couple of things in the works where we can help you out as businesses, and you can help the ministry. And I, I'll wait until we get all of that finalized. But we do have the sponsorship program. Think about being a sponsor of the podcast. You get your name out there. You get a little marketing for your company but you're sowing into the ministry. Think about donating, becoming a torchbearer. That way, we can provide you with all this information. you got connection with us. We build relationship with you. We keep you up to date on stuff, but you're helping us get where we need to go, right? Maybe a one-time. You pray about it. Give where the Lord's calling you to give. So until next time, guys, we're so grateful for all of you, and we love all of you guys. So have a great week. Love you guys. See you.